Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. One hundred and eight of the Maker Mom podcast. This week's guest is Sarah of The Created Home. Sarah is a woodworker and DIYer who shares content about her projects on her blog, YouTube, and other social media. I've been following along with Sarah for quite some time now, really enjoying some of her projects, which you can definitely tell throughout the interview. Um, And I know you will enjoy learning about her journey as well as some of her projects also. Before we hop into the interview, though, I want to give a big shout out and thank you to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Christy Twisted Twine, Christina B., Jeremy Spies, Sammy Go Sammy Lee, Lauren Rasp File Designs, Sven Dwarf Size Workshop, Rachel Moody Makes, Bonnie Tool Mom Bonnie ToolMomStore.com, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou Made by Mary Lou. Amy Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly Reclaim Living Store, Brandy Studio Obey, Kathy One Girl and Her Tools, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your ongoing continued support, helping me to produce two episodes a week every month. All right, with no further ado, here is Sarah of The Created Home. So if you're ready to go, we can we can start there. Like uh, introduce yourself. Sure. My name is Sarah. I run the Created Home, which uh, teaches some woodworking and home improvement projects. Anything you need to make your home your own. I live in the beautiful Pacific Northwest with my husband, two kids, two dogs, twenty some chickens. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, Awesome. Well, before we get into how you got started uh, getting into kind of woodworking and DIY and whatnot, um, I want to go back to your childhood a little bit. Uh, Where'd you grow up? What kind of things were you interested in? I grew up in a very small town in Northeast Washington, north of Spokane, so kind of closer up to the Canadian border there. And uh, I was never interested in woodworking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I did. I mean, I was was drama and band nerd and and all of that. And I didn't really, I mean, I was aware there were shop classes, but it never occurred to me to even think about taking one. That was much later. That was much later. All right. Um, what instrument did you play in band? I played the flute. The flute. Yes. That yes. was what I wanted to play until I learned that I really just suck at that kind of stuff. So <laughs> it was not in the cards for me. Um, one of my little sisters, though, played the flute all the way through, you know, elementary, junior high, high school, and then played 
piccolo and marching band first year in college Did that as well yeah <laughs> I decided it was the course for me after the choir teacher encouraged me to not sing anymore and just do band <laughs> those wonderful <laughs> choir teachers you know I think I had a similar interaction with one myself um <laughs> Except for I went the orchestra route, so I did not do, yeah, did not do band except. Very small town, very small. So we did not have an orchestra. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, what, what did you do post high school? Post high school, I went to college. I ended up getting a degree in history and a master's degree in that. So I went on to teach, which wasn't what I'd planned. I took a job in grad school and just decided that teaching was a natural element for me. So I worked in treatment centers and then from there branched out to um, doing some more work with special education, special needs kids, a lot of autism work and that sort of thing for a while. Okay. There's like a ton of super interesting things that I could unpack there. First, <laughs> first um, you said teaching was not what you had intended so what did you intend to do with a history degree that's a great question (laughs) (laughs) that is that's the four million dollar question with a history degree right I I, what was I thinking um I don't know what I was thinking honestly I mean it's a fascinating subject but there really isn't a whole lot to do other than teach let's be honest I thought for a while I'd move to DC and become an archivist and now I realize that I have way too much ADHD to be an archivist that was just crazy uh so I don't know I don't know what I was thinking I love studying history I'm fascinated by people but teaching is really kind of what you do with it I, I did get to teach community college for a little while with it and that was fun Okay. Then how did you get into like working with like, um, you know, autistic kids or kids on the spectrum in that realm? I mean, it just seems like a big, it was an accident. (laughs) (laughs) I was in grad school and I think it was a friend. I can't quite remember. I think it was a friend told me about a job opening and yeah, I mean, I was broke of course, college students. So I was like, well, that makes pretty good money compared to what I've been doing. So, you know, it's a pretty flexible job. It's a private school. What the heck? I wasn't even very invested when I went to the interview. I don't think I did any sort of prep whatsoever. And the first day, I still remember that moment of walking into the room as a class of eight teenage boys. And I was like, oh, what have I done? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I just, I took to it. I did not think I would, but I loved it. And teaching was just something that, that came to me and I enjoyed. And I loved being part of that. And it just, it became a route for me that I was able to combine my interest in history with this teaching. And the longer and longer I taught at this treatment center, the more I started to gain an understanding of what brought these boys to this position what where did things go off the rails and what i found was that there wasn't a whole lot of interest clinically at that level in in the educational parts and i was trying to go this is important guys when a person feels like they're failing and they're not smart enough they're going to turn to something else and that's not always something good that's Mm -hmm. a simplification but from there i just i became very interested in it and went on to intern for a while in houston at the monarch school 
and just loved it and intended to go on and get a degree in neuropsychology. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I just, I want to study it all. I just want to study everything. <laughs> that makes complete and total sense to me. Um, sure. And being that like, so I've, I mean, I've followed your for your blog for a little while now, I'm going to say your playroom has been like set up as goals for me for quite <laughs> some time to transform our basement um, for our two kids. But I, what always like what's drawn me to some of your projects and that project in particular is like, you can see like the connection to like sensory play in that space. So did you learn that from working with like working with kids on the autism spectrum and stuff? A lot of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And while my kids do fairly well, I will say I, I will own the ADHD runs in my family <laughs> very strongly. <laughs> I, <laughs> my husband and I have both contributed our share. And so that playroom is just for us, it's crucial to them getting their energy out on days when it's just pouring buckets here or something. Mm -hmm. You know, we encourage tons about side play, but there are times I just, I need them to be able to not just play, but self-soothe, which mm -hmm. those swings are really good for. So mm -hmm. yeah, it came from that background. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's awesome that you were able to like kind of transfer that, that learning. Um, we have, I mean, our part of the country is different in the sense of six months of the year we're stuck inside because it's too cold and snowy and all of that stuff. And not that you know, we don't get our kids out to play in that, but it's not like an everyday, like really long burst of time. And then when COVID hit, I'm like, okay, we are churning this thing into yes. like, you know, and all we have, all we have so far is a climbing rope and, and one of the sensory swings, but that swing awesome. has like saved our lives it's, <laughs> so many times. it pays itself back in sanity like yes it droves right yes. you need it <laughs> yes and and my oldest our oldest uh, my son has figured out I mean he does like all kinds of like aerial acrobatic tricks on that <laughs> swing that are insane to watch him too um so yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so teaching where does teaching transfer into uh the <laughs> life you lead now or perhaps i guess i don't know do you still teach i am not teaching right now um they they intersected for a while there i was we were living out on the coast of oregon and i was teaching at the community college there very very part-time hours and we were remodeling our house and it was my first time doing remodeling and uh, from there, I kind of started going, I wonder what we can do with some of this scrap wood, you know, kind of that classic entry to it. I'll make a sign. Oh, that wasn't enough of a challenge. I'm going to refinish furniture. Oh, that wasn't enough. I'm going to build something, you know, and it just kind of transferred from one thing to the next. And then it came time for us to move back to the Portland area and leave that job. And uh, it's hard. It's very hard to get a history teaching job out here. So I kind of said, what can I do? with all of this extra energy I've got, you know, and the, so I, I turned to building and blogging just grew out of that. I don't do things halfway. If I'm going to jump in, it's going to be the deep end the first time. So I, I just kind of went straight into it and started building. 
Okay. Were you, I mean, were you aware of like, I guess like the blogging community to even know to like generate a blog around what you were doing? <laughs> I'm not sure when I became aware of it, but it was, uh, I, I'm highly resistant to doing any job that's going to have me working for somebody else's company. So the moment I found out about it, I was like, oh, that could be cool. I can do my own thing, be my own boss, build what I want to build when I want to build it. You know, that's a win. Mm -hmm. So I learned about it and then it was just complete immersion. Learn quickly, follow everybody, get involved, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm going to put this out there though, right? There's like definitely a difference between like discovering, like you can make like, your job can be basically content creation around what you do and like actually making money off of that. Like there's, oh, yeah. there's like oh, yeah. a big difference between those two things. Um, and I have people ask me about that all the time. Are you making money on your blog? And I go, well, yeah, I mean, I don't work a ton. So let's be honest. I'm happy that it's providing for itself. Mm -hmm. And they go, oh, okay. Is it easy? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no. No, and it's not instant. Like I know there are people who can get on and be like, hello, Instagram, I'm here and everybody loves me and it's great. And I'm going to be on 24 seven. And now I've got 5,000 followers on in YouTube my first week and they're off to the races. I'm not that I'm a slow burn, you know, <laughs> it took, it took a few years to start getting to where it could generate. And when things happen and I need to step away for a while, it can continue to cover that. It takes a long time. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> it's not glamorous <laughs> at all. <laughs> so I want to ask, I want to ask this question at during that slow burn process. It's still in process. Yeah. <laughs> what keeps you going on it? Like why keep blogging about it? Why keep doing social media? I mean, you could make totally cool things for your home without like sharing about it right <laughs> like great question yeah and I think everybody has to ask themselves that question yeah. when they get into it or they're not going to be around long and I think you and I have been doing this long enough to where you can see some people pop up there and Instagram and you go oh they're not going to be around in a year you know <laughs> because there has to be something that connects you to it and mm -hmm. you know probably saying I, I want to make a million dollars woodworking is never really going to be it right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you might go the route of, of selling things in that case. But content creation is, is like you said, you have to find what's, what's driving me to do this. And I think that looks different for everyone. And I've been asking myself that question a lot in the past year. The last couple of years have been pretty bumpy um, personally. And I had to really ask that question. And for me, it was that teaching. I had to mm -hmm. go, oh, that's right. I'm a teacher. I'm not I'm not, I don't ever call myself an influencer. Mm -hmm. I would be terrible. I'm, I'm rotten at social media. I am, I am like the world's worst influencer. I never remember to put on makeup before I go on camera. I, I'm, I'm awful. Okay. So I, I just had an aha moment within the past year where I said, it's the teaching thing. It's still there in me and I love doing it. How can I take that love and continue to, to do it mm -hmm. and to share this with others and there's always those little brief glamorous moments when somebody goes, oh, I follow your blog. And I'm like, you don't even know me. That's just amazing. <laughs> That's, <You know>? right. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. It's so cool. Um, but it's, it is, it's the teaching that does it. And, and I do intend to branch off and do some more with teaching that 
won't be as online. So mm-hmm. there's always that, that reaching for the next thing. I think that keeps me involved. It's the teaching and it's the wanting to be better at what I do and having a platform to, to do that and be able to pay for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It keeps me going. Yeah. You know, I, I sometimes, especially recently, I've been having to remind myself because I've been, I'm just going to say I've been frustrated this year. I mean, this <laughs> sure. Yeah. COVID, you know, not, not friendly to all the content creators out there in the no, world. And then you have friends who are like, what do you do with all that spare time? And I'm like, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> spare what? Spare Can what? you send me some? <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, just that struggle of like, man, this is taking forever and getting stuck in that like comparison trap of, you know, oh, yeah. just the worst. It's just in that in that zone in my head lately. And I'm just like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I doing this to myself? Um, and then a lot of times I ha- have to bring it back. For me, it's community. Like I've started seeing real growth in community, especially around this podcast. And that's been, you know, what's been keeping me going is people, like you said, people I don't know, reaching out and saying, hey, I just discovered your podcast. And, you know, thanks so much and all that kind of stuff. And that's what keeps me going is building that community. But it is one of those things of like, it's, it's amazing, we have this opportunity to create a job for ourselves like this. It's hard to explain to people. But it's like the right? most terrifying thing in the world <laughs> yeah. because when you, when it's all on you, right? It's mm-hmm. you succeed mm-hmm. or you fail based on the level of input you're putting into it. And sometimes it's not equal. You could put a whole heck of a lot of input in and not succeed. That's um, absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm one of those people who tends to uh, not push, but just tell people like content creation is a way to go as far as um, even if you are selling stuff to supplement your income, right? If you can get it going in the right direction, it can be a fail safe. So when the economy crashes, I mean, that's one of the reasons I started it is, okay, people might not buy furniture if the economy crashes. So therefore, what can I do to have like a backup? Yeah. Um, But it's not for everybody. So (laughs) you blog, um, obviously you have Instagram. I'm not aware. Are you on YouTube as well? (laughs) I am. (laughs) I am. Um, Where I make terrifically awful videos. It's great. Uh, (laughs) I, you know, I do... Over the past, well, actually, since COVID, I've been staying steadily gaining in followers, which is funny because I am just not doing much with it. I don't put, I make the videos, they take forever to make, of course. Um, production quality is not like fantastic, <laughs> but they do communicate information, which is That's the goal. There you go. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I will say, like, I feel, uh, People like yourselves and other like DIY, uh, like home remodeling type um, content creators, COVID's actually been good for you. 
it because has, everybody absolutely. is stuck at home and they're going, I need to do something. <laughs> so, yeah. And so they've yeah. turned to like remodeling the space that they're that they live in right it's true I started doing really well shortly after lockdown started and my numbers were just killing it uh my advertising revenue was just flying and I was like this is this is amazing <laughs> right great <laughs> but there are there are basically two ends to the blog there's you know where I'm making projects like a climbing wall or mm -hmm. uh you know the sensory playroom whatever things like that um dollhouse furniture believe it or not that was just a, i'm playing in my shop one day i'll throw it online hello people love it weird I, I, who knew uh, <laughs> and that end that end is i'll put that on social media and it does well but there's another end that's like not so glamorous you know installing a water line to your fridge Woo, right that's sexy right, right. <laughs> but you know it continually just seo on it it drives followers that people are going hey i'm going to accomplish these tasks that i've been meaning to get done and you know who's got the money to go spread <laughs> on, on home renovations so that end i kind of think of it as two ends of my blog do they kind of each hold it up mm-hmm mm-hmm so, I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned about like furniture and stuff, and I'm going to admit, I know, I do not know about any of your furniture projects. <laughs> I am solidly in the playroom court of like, so I am good. studying that thing, every nook and cranny of that thing, but um, all good. what, um, what kind of furniture do you like to make? Um, you know, are you dealing, are you working with like construction lumber hardwoods that kind of stuff i fell into the like trap over the past couple of years <laughs> i don't very often use construction grade lumber anymore and that sounds so snobby like just yesterday i was digging around for some wood and i was like walnut i want those walnut and i was like oh look here's a whole like pack of mahogany that i didn't even know was up here and i was like oh my gosh my husband walked out and he goes what's wrong i was like i am so bougie with wood it's ridiculous <laughs> like you would think that I'm like, here's some money. Here's some money. I'm just, I'm going to buy all the wood. And I went on this like crazy, like, I need to have all of the stuff. This is on sale. I'm going to buy all this board foot of catalogs, like in February, right before the, the lockdown started happening. And my shop is so stocked with ridiculously expensive wood <laughs> that I get myself in this, like, I want to make something really special with it, but it has to be super special. So then I'm like taking forever to plan what I want to do with it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, you know, there's more of that wood out there. I know that's oh. what I'm told, but I've spent a fortune on what I have. So it's really bad. <laughs> the last project I did, I think the last um, full furniture bill that I put up on the blog was my kids' school desks. And I am someone who am more, I'm more interested in the process and challenge myself, particularly with, with learning joinery and improving what I've learned so far. So those desks were, okay, uh, they came from, the wood came from my father, who is an arborist in Washington, and uh, he brought it to me, I want to say four years ago now, and I've been storing it in my sister-in-law's barn so it could dry. And then I took it to a kiln just before COVID happened. So I had these just huge thick slabs of, um, I think it's silver leaf maple. It's hard. It's like cement. It's so hard. Mm -hmm. And I went through the whole process of flattening and milling it. And, and it's kind of, 
depressing because by the time you get to the usable pieces, you're like half the board is gone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was about that, like the process of saying, well, how can I take something that, you know, is in the roughest form possible? It was fresh milk when I got here. It weighed like 3,000 pounds. I swear it was so heavy and turn it into these desks that my kids have drawn all over, of course. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I love it. It's not, there's not like one particular kind of thing I love to build. It's it's about that process of how can I stretch and improve my skills that, that drives me in what I create. Gotcha. Do you have a love of building like furniture pieces over DIY more or are you kind of like equally into both because they're totally different in my life yeah Yeah. they're different skill sets completely different skill sets totally so I can spend all day in the shop working on this small box or whatever right and you you have like half a constructed box okay all day I never get to spend all day in the shop but you get the idea right and and not very much is done on it because it's just it's very detailed work Mm -hmm. and then I can go frame up a wall with my husband and what do you know we have a wall after an hour and so it's gratifying in that sense that that's so much faster but I also love the the part where I have to really put time and energy and skill and and stretch myself to learn so I need both in my life I think that makes sense I mean I haven't done I haven't done any home improvement projects except for floating shelves in our master bathroom and I did them with uh Craig screws so <laughs> um, are they still floating they are still floating then you're I good still to go. I That's still great. test them I still <laughs> test them I was like every day I go in there I'm like yep they're still good okay <laughs> you did great uh, did great but I've got quite a few on the list that probably are going to start coming you know underway come like Christmas break time frame just because it is one of those things it's like okay these things have been on the list forever we can't afford to necessarily like you know I'm talking like I think we have four different closets we're gonna tackle and we can't afford to like have somebody else come in and custom build everything oh, man, that we so want in those those closets so it's gonna be us you know just chipping away at it but I'm not gonna lie I'm like terrified because I'm like all I've ever done is make furniture this is something completely different (laughs) you know the great thing about home renovations is there's you you start by just demoing it all out and then you stop for a moment and you look at this just glorious mess you've made and you say okay now we just got to do it (laughs) and it's kind of a like awesome moment of all right well something has to go back here so let's just do this (laughs) hey makers do you know lauren of rasp and file designs well if you don't you should definitely go check out her work you can find her on instagram rasp file designs lauren is making all kinds of cool furniture and home decor pieces out of live edge Uh, hardwoods and metal bases Um, that's not all she does though so you should really go check her out and see what she's up to especially as holiday seasons are coming up and I know all of us makers really enjoy making our own Christmas presents but perhaps you're running out of time so you want to maybe go check out Lauren 
she's in the DC area so especially those who are close uh, location wise to her so go ahead go check her out at Rasphile Designs on Instagram and let's get back to the episode Hey makers, today's episode is brought to you by Tool Mom and Company, or some of you know her as Tool Mom Bonnie. Uh, she has all kinds of tool related merchandise of gifts and clothing for all ages and genders available at toolmomstore.com. I have two of the coffee mugs. One says Go Girl, and it has a circular saw with flames coming off the back, which is super sweet. And then the other one is the definition of a tool chick, which just makes you feel kind of badass when you're drinking out of it. So if you are in the market, especially as we're getting close to Christmas, for any tool-related merchandise, be that gifts or clothing, make sure you head on over to toolmomstore.com. And extra bonus, you can receive 20% off at checkout if you use the coupon code MAKERMOM. All right, let's jump back into the episode. Yeah, I demoed, not this week, this uh, weekend, but the weekend before, I demoed the closet downstairs that is going to become my podcast studio. Um, And the stuff that the former owners did in that closet just are mind-boggling why they did those things. (laughs) (laughs) But Get that, that, yes. Uh, But it is one of those things It's like, okay, now? is like where the rubber has to meet the road right it doesn't take much to like take a hammer and like knock all this crap down right it's the oh crap moment yes (laughs) what have I done what have I done (laughs) I can't go back I can't rewind (laughs) we had the biggest oh crap moment we had was when we had to demo out our master bathroom which had developed a leak and um it ended up being about a 10 by 10 square hole straight down through the floor to underneath the house. And I'm standing at the edge of this thing and I'm looking down and I'm like, I can see through our house and we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do something about that. Right. And the joists were cut through in multiple places. So, I mean, we got to just do everything, but the nice thing is it's it's just one step at a time. There's only one project to do at a time. And there's always a million YouTube videos because there are crazy people out there teaching people to do it. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. (laughs) It is amazing. Um, So you mentioned your husband. Is he in on then like the DIY side of things? He is. Yes, actually, uh, he'd done far more than me before we started renovating. Um, In fact, now we just kind of say he's he's more of the rough lumber rough construction and and i try to do more of the fine woodworking truth is he could step out there and do great he, he doesn't um but we work together when we build he grew up working with his grandfather was a developer and uh, so he's he's done a good amount of construction himself yeah how well do you two work together <laughs> that's a great question you know we do really well actually um I can say on all honesty that we maybe even get along better when we're building things. Uh, and he can tell you that if a project goes late by 2 a.m., I think I am hilarious. I am the funniest person in the world at 2 a.m. It's just great. So we have a fun time. That's awesome. 
you got any tips on how to make that happen? (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. Um, You know, it's about making sure that you're sharing a common goal on something, right? Um, We're lucky that we can both look at something and say, here's what we want it to be. And we can picture it and make it happen. But I think that if you don't have that shared goal for what the outcome is going to be, as well as a flexibility to say along that route, Mm -hmm. things may change and we can adapt to that and it's okay you'll be okay. You'll be fine. You can, you can get through the rest of it and know when you need to take breaks maybe from each other. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, Honestly, he's, he's patient. So I got to give him most of the credit. He's a very patient guy. Do you, do you guys sketch out your plans? I do put them on SketchUp sometimes. Uh, If it's something I think is going to the blog, I'll throw it on SketchUp. If it's something we're planning out, we're about to build a third bathroom and we were planning a few different options. So I just did a really rough SketchUp, which isn't something I would have done early on, but I'm more familiar with it now and I can Mm -hmm. generate a pretty quick sketch. Mm -hmm. Then I will go ahead and do that. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So if you're sharing it on the blog, you're going to do a SketchUp like of the whole room space are you doing oh yeah with the home renovation I I will often give just to give people a rough idea you know we like to think that people are in our heads and when we show them a picture they're like oh I totally get how this all goes together but usually not and they're not going to invest the time in getting there so if you can make it easy for them and go here's a picture of what this looks like whoop here goes this wall you know kind of the HDTV thing right where they're like here's what we're doing to this space just make it easy for people Mm mm-hmm then I'll try to do that. It's it's a very different type sketching than when I'm designing a piece of furniture and I know somebody's going to try to build it based on my plans. Mm-hmm. Because of course, if there's anything wrong with those plans, they're going to be messaging you fast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the first, uh, besides the, the podcast closet, it has not been, I have not completed the design. It's in my head, but it's not laid out yet of what I want to do in that space. But the next closet we're going to tackle is uh, my daughter's closet. The closets in the bedrooms are horrendous, um, <clears throat> but we want to, I want to make a whole custom like dresser, built-in dresser and all of that in there. Yes. So um, I like what you said about like, if you guys have, you can both see it like together, you know, this is probably one of the more in-depth projects that like my wife and I are going to be doing together. And so I've like, I'm like, I am going to, for the first time ever, decide to sketch up one of my projects. Um, I'm using Fusion 360 though, but you know, just to yeah, get that. I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. It's, <laughs> it's not a strength for me. Well, it's, it's my background. I did like 3D AutoCAD stuff through college and everything like that. So to me, SketchUp it's the most frustrating thing in the entire world. <laughs> I hate how it works. It just doesn't make logical sense to me, whereas Fusion 360 does. So that's really, it's just gotcha. what you're comfortable with. Right. But yeah, it was, it's the intent is to be able to give us that shared vision of the space and also yeah. like, here's what I see. What's your right. idea? And she may look at that wanna, sketch yeah. and be like, well, what about yeah. this? You know, and yeah. then that's how my husband and I will come to something. He'll go, you know, what about changing this slightly? Unfortunately, it's usually he's like, let's make it bigger. And I'm like, how about <laughs> bigger? Let's go really big. Right. But if you can both see it, you can both put that input in and, and you'll end up with a better product, honestly, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're working together. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's a really tough question for you. Hmm. 
when you put when you build something and you put it out on the blog if that whatever happens to fail like six months down the line or a year sure. down the line do you revise do you share learnings I'm trying to think about what has if I've ever had a like catastrophic failure of something I've built um gosh I I don't want to sound snooty but I don't think anything's like falling apart it's not sounding snooty but I think of like (laughs) so okay I have to ask because I'm curious the ladder you created between the reading nook oh yeah the playhouse the bridge held up fine yeah, we really? just took it down recently, but I mean, I've had I've had teenagers come over and they're going across it, and I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, this is going to be the moment like something fell and it's like, going to be so embarrassing, right? Yeah, <laughs> it actually never did. It held up terrific. Uh, it was great. It was um, fire hose underneath yeah. it. Yep. And that's just tough stuff. It wasn't, I mean, it was bolted through with these like massively long bolts. We weren't taking any chances. So no, it never failed. It worked just fine, but believe me, I considered it. I okay, no, I do have, I do have kind of a sort of not really failure, but um, kind of. We built the zip line this summer, and I am so slow that I, I haven't even gotten plans out for it. <laughs> okay, but um, we didn't have a, tr- a tree on the opposite end, so we put this massive like ten by ten beam way yeah. down on the ground, yeah. and it's it's pulled a little, so it's not mm. perfectly straight. So it's not on the blog yet because I don't want to tell people, hey, here's something you can do until I figure out what's the best way to leverage this and put a little more engineering into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did. I'm, I'm holding off on that one partially because it's winter. Who's going to be able to zip line in winter, right? <laughs> um, but also so that I can make sure that that's something that I would not mind repre- to have out representing right. me, right? right? In all honesty, I don't ever want to be like, oh, it's fine, guys, really. <laughs> So how do you work? I mean, how do you work through stuff like that? Because I, I'm, I guess I'm going down this path with you just because I know some of these things you, that you guys build are big structural. Yeah. Now it's not jumping in the deep end again. I don't go, I don't go small. It's <laughs> a problem. So, so, but how do you figure out some of the engineering behind it? Um, just in like, this should be okay. You know, even in the, like I'm thinking now, uh, the picture in my head I'm seeing, nobody on the podcast, including you, can see inside my head right now. But <laughs> the picture that I'm seeing is your room where you've got like the swinging, the hanging, like the big tubes and the swings and everything like that. But just like hanging all of that from the ceiling, having an understanding that that's not gonna like put undue stress or like, how do you figure out that stuff are you are you know you really I, I never swing YouTube? I don't swing on those okay I'll be honest <laughs> with you I don't do that because they are they're fairly long bolts they are into the they're they're straight up into the into the beams the ceiling mm-hmm. okay they're into they're not going anywhere right um we honestly will let them go for a little bit and watch it we played with a lot of different fittings and things for those swings to say what was going to work and what mm-hmm. wasn't um one of the first ones we tried did loosen up so before I ever blogged about it I I shore that up and figured out exactly what would work and mm-hmm. they're all fine but I will always tell people if you're doing something that's got a bolt in it make it a yearly thing just check it see if it's loosened mm-hmm. honestly the biggest one isn't the swings it's my pergola 
Mm. Um, we have a, a modified pergola that is the number one performer on my blog and has been for just years. And that came out of me one day saying, uh, I kind of want a pergola back there, but I kind of don't want to dig footings. So I'm just going to hang it off the side of my house. And I know that's a crazy idea. No one will like it. And my husband's like, yeah, let's throw it on the blog anyway. We just might as well. It's my biggest performer. Okay. <laughs> and people love that thing or they hate it or they hate it. I have some very strong haters on that thing. Some, and some people love to out. hate it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I got just chewed a new one this week by somebody who was like, you are irresponsible and this awful, terrible person. And you're responsible for anybody who dies to do it. You know, like it was great. Um, <laughs> And that one was my hardest structurally to say, you know, how are those cross beams going to stand up? Yeah. You know, a pergola isn't intended to necessarily be weight bearing. Right. right. And I'm in a climate where we don't get a lot of snow, but the year, two years, I think it was after we built it, we got our biggest snowstorm in like 30 odd years and it took it. And I checked the bolts, checked everything after that, that spring after it was fine. Nothing ever happened. So with projects like that, it's worth, I mean, we agonized over what's the correct amount of, of weight. How, how long should those cross supports be? Uh, what slant do we want to bear the water away from the house? As I constantly get reminded, yes, it does bear water away from the house. It slants down. I get people all the time. We're like, you're so bad. Cause you don't know that. And I'm like, it's built correctly. So yeah, we agonized over that one for a while. We even like called my aunt who teaches math and we're like go through this with us <laughs> <laughs> um see now you got a phone a friend that's the that's the phone key, a friend right? phone always phone a friend yep <laughs> um i'm gonna use that as a good segue into though because negative comments negative feedback um how you know, do don't you manage that I am lucky. I really don't get a ton. I've seen where some friends, and you've seen this on Instagram, who will just, oh man, I think it's particularly women will just get ripped. It's, mm -hmm. and it's just horrible. They'll make fun of things that have nothing to do with what they're building or question authority. And, you know, what do you know? You know I've been building for 27 years and I'm sitting here watching you. Why? Oh, <laughs> if you know so much, why are you watching? Right? Right. <laughs> um, I don't get a ton of it. And, you know, years ago, somebody said, I figure that my blog, my website is, is my space. It's like my home. It's what I've mm -hmm. built and I can, I can choose what I allow into it. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, if somebody makes an honest, good comment, I have a question, how is this really going to bear up? You know, is this something that's going to last? I have no, no problem responding to those kind of things and saying, mm -hmm. Hey, that's a great question. But if you're just trying to be a jerk, then I just delete the comment. And I don't get a ton of them and I don't get really worked up about it. In fact, some are really funny. And my favorite <laughs> one of all time was the climbing wall I had in my playroom. There was a lady who was so convinced that my kids were going to put their toes into the outlet that was next to it. And I was like, they don't fit. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's really funny. I, and I let that one stand because that's just funny to me. And I just get a laugh off of it. I try not to let, but overall, I've been really lucky. I haven't had a terrible lot of negative feedback. What has been your interactions uh, in person? Like lumber stores, hardware stores. Um, yeah, great. 
I mean, I was intimidated like crazy when I started going into places like Rockler and Woodcraft. And I'm really lucky. I live very close to, I'm, I'm about a mile away from a Woodcraft. I'm within five miles of a Rockler. We've got a Lowe's. We've got two Home Depots. I can never move. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, you cannot. You can <laughs> no, never I move. I cannot move. <laughs> and honestly, they're great. They're terrific. And I was scared as can be when I first started going to these places, right? Like, oh, I don't know anything. Don't ask me anything. Um, I'm more comfortable in them now, uh, particularly as some of the staff know me really well, manager at Woodcraft does. And I feel comfortable there. And I don't feel at all you know, there's a lot of stories of people being treated different because mm-hmm. you're a woman in this industry. I haven't encountered a lot of that. Um, kind of a funny one that happened at Lowe's one day years ago. I was trying to get a, a ticking router bit. And the guy's like, now, do you know what that's for? And I was like, oh, finally, one of these moments I've been waiting for, right? <laughs> so I was like, I sure do. And he's like, well, you know what tool it goes on? I was like, Yeah. Yeah, this one's for my trim router. I'm not going to need it for the plunge. I'm not going to need it for the CNC router, uh, but I'll definitely use it on my trim router or something. Some sort of snarky response like that to show, like, obviously I have multiple routers. I know what I'm doing. And he was like, oh, but that literally was like the only experience I've had. I have been really blessed. I've got tons of supportive people around and I have not encountered a lot of people who question whether I can do it particularly I think in places like like a Rockler like a Woodcraft mm-hmm. they're not going to do that no. you know that they're there to help encourage everybody to build and I've had nothing but great experiences that's so it's intimidating for a woman to get into this I think it can be so have you had any happens. women reach out to you about like seeing you do it has given them permission to yes, try it's the very best. It is the best when you hear that. And that right there, that's what drives me the most. Um, and actually I'm, I'm working currently to change around the way I do business. I'm, I tried for a while putting out product and I hated it. It was just, it wasn't, it doesn't work for my mentality. I just don't like doing it, but, um, I decided to shut that down and not build anymore for other people. And within a week of making that decision, I had the garage door up and a person comes by and they're like, oh, I really want you to build something, something. And I was like, I don't do that. And she was like, really, I'll pay you this. And I was like, oh, the first test. I don't do that. I, you know, I'd love to do that for you, but I'm just not taking anything on. And she was like, well, okay. And I was like, was I stupid? Was I really dumb? And not very long after a lady came by and she was like, oh my gosh, I really want, I think it was a media console in her room. And I was like, hey, question. What if instead of paying me to build it, you paid me to teach you to build it? And she was like, I would love that. That would be the greatest thing ever. So I started talking to more and more women about that and saying, you know, what if I opened up my little garage shop Mm -hmm. to starting to teach particularly women who are intimidated to go into these places. There's a lot of places that are teaching. There's a lot of places online that are teaching, but I I feel that there's something about being in person and saying, okay, I'm going to use your tools. I'm going to learn. I don't have to invest myself Mm -hmm. in a shop full of tools. And that is actually the direction I'm going right now. I'm currently rearranging and trying to set up my shop so that when our COVID numbers die back down, I can start bringing, um, couple you know one or two in it at a time and starting to teach woodworking classes so I've got a wait list going now of of women who would like to start doing that 
that's that's awesome um i get i get quite a few people who ask to come to the shop right now my response is still no unless you're willing to sign a waiver uh. yeah no and that's that's the biggest slowdown for me has been figuring out how do i do this in a way that is safe for them mm-hmm. safe for me that I'm in control of how often that shop is open. Eventually, I would love to have a studio that people could just come use. Right. But this has to be a very slow process. It has to be, uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking to figuring out insurance right now. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a fun nightmare. Yeah, it is a fun nightmare. Yes. <laughs> Most people are like, you want me to cover what? And I'm like, oh, let's talk about this. So yeah. um, I'm still I'm in process of that. I'm getting it set up so that I can start. It's really it's a return. To what mm-hmm. I love to teach and to teach what I love in woodworking. It's exciting for me. So that's the direction I'm going right now. That's, that's awesome. So I have to, we've, we've mentioned the, the word that shall not be mentioned COVID several times <laughs> during know. our talk. I, I, I have to ask because you are a mom, how, how are you managing all of this right now with, I, I guess I don't know. Are your kids home or home more they often? Are. They're so. home. We're completely virtual. And the answer is not very well. <laughs> I don't get much time in the shop. Um, you know, I, there are days I can get some time. And there are days like today when I had a kid just melting down. Um, and it took a lot of handholding to get them through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I'm trying to be zen about the fact that there are days I won't. And there are days I might get a little bit that's just life right now that's what balance Mm -hmm. looks like for all of us moms (laughs) yes um do your kids show interest participate at all in any of your making they do my kids have a workbench back there and they'll come out and bang things around and build things for their teachers. And um, I, my, my closet's full of things they've made me. There are these huge clunky wood designs and, and I'd bless them. I don't know what I'm going to do with it all, but it's really sweet. Uh, they enjoy it. My son has like, he's just got the mind to figure out mechanical and engineering type things. Like he'll look at something and he'll be like, that's nice, mom. What does it do? does it move can it do something like a robot and I'm like no it's just wood oh I guess mom that's okay whatever Mm -hmm. do they understand do you think like the spaces that you and your husband have made for them are not typical spaces we try to remind them but no <laughs> no, no i mean don't, and their still no appreciation them, they'll be like do you guys know how lucky you are that you have this and yeah you know they grow up with it so it's normal not. to them <laughs> yeah they're spoiled what um probably perfect timing especially since you're you're gearing up to kind of teach in person and particularly women um what's your advice to those women who have yet to start you know but are kind of at that i want to but i'm intimidated stage try it i mean that's simple i know that's overly simplistic but i mean what's the worst that can happen right that you build something and it looks terrible yay you get to make recycled wood now you know (laughs) 
<laughs> you can hide the evidence. That's the nice thing. I, I think it's just about trying it. And what I wish I'd done different when I jumped into it is that I, you know, I, I did the typical crash course. Okay. I'm going to make a farmhouse table because that's what you do. And I'm going to put it together with like, there was like 80 pocket holes in it. I think I counted at the time. I, I think it was like 80. And I was so proud of myself and that a friend wanted it. And I was like, sure, I'll sell it to you. So I sold it to her. And like several months later, she's like, um, can we talk about what's happening with the table? And I went to her house and it was like ripping itself apart because I built it out of construction grade lumber. This is, you know, mm -hmm. the story, right? We all do this. And it was shifting with the seasons and it was ripping itself up. And I was just like horrified. I mean, I was horrified. And I, I was like, okay, I have to make this right for you even though let's be honest, I didn't charge her much. So I probably, whatever. <laughs> so I took it home with me and I looked at it and I was like, Oh my gosh. And I'm Googling it. Yeah. And I have my eyes open to wood movement for the first time. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be so much harder than I thought. And I was like, okay, I, I, I either have to quit right now <laughs> or I have to like do this right and this is like a major fork in the road moment, right? So what I want to be able to do with this, this woman who says, I want to build, I don't know that I want to make a career of building, but I want to build, but she also wants to be proud of it is I want to show that you can build things correctly with some guidance with a little more effort, right? And I'm not at all, by the way, when I say pocket holes, I'm not ripping on pocket holes. They have their place. That's absolutely mm -hmm. great. Their place is not to hold together the slots of a farmhouse table, by the way. Um, <laughs> that is not their place. They absolutely yes. have their place. They're, and I, and I use them when the, when the time is right for them, but I want to show them you can build this piece you want to build and you can build it so it will actually last. And let me just teach you those basics to do it so that you don't make those same mistakes. And we're all gonna make mistakes. That's what we're working mm -hmm. is, but to help them get to how do you build a truly lasting piece of furniture? That's, to me, that's magic. That's that's what I hope to be able to start to do. So advice, I guess, was mm -hmm. just, just try it and let me show you some ways to make it more successful so that you're not bummed out when something you make doesn't, hold up so yeah i guess i told you before that i hadn't had any <laughs> catastrophic failures that was a lie i did that that table was a catastrophic failure but i, but I don't think it. that counts if that's like your first project i don't <laughs> i won't even tell you about my first project so we all well. have a first project story right <laughs> and and let's face it there are still things that like the failure the the what happens to it down the road is not as catastrophic anymore. But I can tell you that there are still things that happen to it down yeah. the road. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of things I've made that never see the light of day that I'm like, Oh, let's pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, well, awesome, Sarah. We're like at the end of our time together. So I want to give you a chance to let everybody know how they can find you and follow along with you on the interwebs. Awesome. I am at www.thecreatedhome.com. Um, all my social media handles are The Created Home. So Instagram, Created Home, Facebook. Um, YouTube is like C slash The Created Home or something. Right. I don't yeah. know. Like. <laughs> Just YouTube it, it'll come up. I don't know. So I'm up there. Awesome. Well, thanks for chatting with me today. 
Hey, thank you. It was fun. It was fun. And no interruptions from kids. No, right? I know. Bribery works. <laughs> All right. Again, that was Sarah of The Created Home. I'll include links on how you can follow along with her in the show notes. You can look for that in the description on your podcast app, or you can head on over to freemanfurnishings.com and find all of the show notes for this episode and every previous episode there. Uh, I would love it if you follow along with Maker Mom Podcast over on Instagram. That's just at Maker Mom Podcast. And uh, check out all the goodies there with the link in the bio, which also includes there are some new Maker Mom podcast uh, swag. It includes the Maker Mom logo as as well as the Wonder Women logo. So go ahead and check out the link in the bio at Maker Mom podcast on Instagram. After all, it is uh, getting into the holiday season. So if you're looking for a gift for yourself, Uh, which I would highly recommend just spending a little bit on yourself to uh, reward uh, all that we have been through this year, to say the very least. So go ahead and check that out. Now, when I am not making podcasts, I am designing and making furniture and other home decor over at freemanfurnishings.com. And you can find me across all the different social media platforms, basically at freemanfurnishings on all of those. Most active on TikTok and Instagram. That's where I keep you up to date as to what projects I have going on currently in my shop. All right, it is Friday. It is Black Friday of Thanksgiving weekend here in the States. I hope all of you are staying healthy, staying safe, and uh, look forward to chatting with you next week. All right, till then, later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.